Hello, Spacers. From Austin, Texas, I'm Christopher Schmidt. On today's show, I'm joined again by Chris Coyer. Chris is publisher of the CSS Tricks community site, but he also recently authored Practical SVG from A Book Apart. Before we get started, some notes on where I'll be and some words from our sponsors. CSS DevConf 2016, The Alamo, is taking place this October 17th and 18th in San Antonio, Texas. Learn from the latest by hanging out with the greatest, like Chris Coyer, Jen Simmons, Snook, Trent Walton, and many, many more. Learn more about the sessions going on and register now at CSSDevConf.com. The virtual content strategy conference event, Content Strategy Summit, is taking place online next week, August 24th and 25th. Register now and get recordings for free at ContentStrategySummit.com. Fancy Hands is a team of virtual assistants at your fingertips. From scheduling appointments to researching Pinterest for art recipes, give the job to Fancy Hands. Fancy Hands is letting me give you 50% off your first month when you sign up at Christopher.org slash Fancy Hands. Set it and forget it with a non-breaking space show newsletter. When the new episode is ready, have it delivered in your email inbox by signing up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Hosting and feed support is provided by Feed.press. Sign up today and try FeedPress on a 14-day trial with no contracts and no commitments. Check the show notes for a discount code, and you can find those show notes and show links discussed in the episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. As always, thank you for subscribing, liking, and telling others about Nonbreaking Space Show on iTunes. Now, off with the show. Hey, well, uh, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for thanks for being here. Absolutely. So, what's the structure? Are we already recording? That's how this thing goes usually. Yeah, we, I just, I just, uh, I pop yeah. on. Just like, hey, just be natural. It's okay. Click the button. You just cut the button and we're going. So, yeah, um, how are things going? You, you are. Yeah, going just general. The, yeah, just the dog days of summer here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Just doing doing my regular regiment of life and career and stuff, which is uh, it's been fun lately. You know, you know, you know. Uh, uh, what I do is just write on CSS tricks. That's one of my kind of my big things. Things have been going well there. We've been pumping out stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, working on CodePen, which is just where just like deep dived into some into some features that are that are coming that i can say very little about but uh it's been it's been very fun to work on uh and then doing my own podcast with dave rupert chop talk show so that's been fun we've been it's so hard you know scheduling people is hard as you know as as i was late for this very podcast that we've been just doing a bunch of like me and dave episodes just that makes it kind of easier so those yeah. are my three big things but i also have a, a book that just dropped on a book apart so that was what? kind of fun too. yeah so it was a big <laughs> deal it was kind of like a, i was plucking away at it for forever and ever yeah. and it just is like you know it's, you know think that that type of process just goes right. a little as you you've written no, i don't know a couple a couple yeah. a couple is an understatement Chris. right but I, I well i want to ask about your uh th- this is not your first book because you've written about WordPress before. Yeah, right? that was a different 
time in my life. <laughs> no, right. not really. I mean, that was a big process too. In fact, that was probably even more difficult because it was yeah. it was my first one, and we just you know we just I had even less idea what I was doing. This was all co. This is a co-authored experience with a guy mm-hmm. named Jeff Starr, which was great. Uh, and we just we we self-published it, and just just went for it. And so that was. You know, I, I can't even remember how many years ago now. I wonder if it's been a decade. Probably not quite, but close, you know. Yeah. And uh, we decided good. to sell it ourselves and all that. Yeah, what's that? It's still a good book. I, he's, he updates it. And so I've... Uh, yeah, I've, and has I've, another one that he's published on the same topic. And mm-hmm. uh, and he's done a number of, of books. Because I think it was such a positive experience for both of us. I just, you know, for various reasons, went on to do other things. And mm-hmm. I think it was such a positive experience for Jeff, although he could speak for himself on this. I'm sure that he went on to do more books because of the success of that first one. He's like, I could probably do this for a living. And I think still is to this day. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good book. I mean, there's like, it's, you know, there's lots of WordPress blogs and tutorials out there. Uh, and, um, but they're not just, coherent no so it's just it's you know or they get out of date and they don't get updated and so that's uh and so i bought i bought the book like way back in the day day because we're, we're old folks yeah. and uh at, uh and i went back and said, hey, did, did they update this book because i need to um i'll get back to wordpress uh for my site and i was just like uh yeah they did update it i was like oh this is great i can actually get up to speed and austin has a great and it was WordPress free, i hope i hope you didn't buy it again because that was one of the early promises we made with that particular book was just like just because we were experimenting with mm-hmm. like what we could do marketing wise for a book and we knew that like the you know the thinking behind why would i buy this tech book it's going to be out of date in five minutes kind of thing right. We're mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, you're probably right, but here's the promise: we'll make you. <laughs> yeah. You can have yeah, updates it's... to this book forever for free if you buy it, and and yeah. held up to that. I don't. I think because Jeff has a new book, and because we updated this one so many times, mm-hmm. that uh, that that those days might be over. Specifically for digging in, into WordPress, but like I said, he's got another WordPress book called I, Tau of WordPress. I think I tweeted it was free. I'm not sure. I think it was free, but I was willing yeah. to pay for it because it was just. I remember it being such a great book to uh uh just to walk you through the process and not be like lost so yeah uh, and uh and of course you see us as tricks and like it's like uh with your new book it's like uh you know with with uh, you've had the work you know, you've been doing the blogging first you have the tricks for a while i don't know how many years you've been doing it i forgot i should research that part no but, it was uh, 2007 so we're, we're yeah. coming up on 10 years there yeah yeah so uh any major plans for celebration for yeah <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Like, I can't. I remember the the 100th episode of Shop Talk Show. We're like, I don't know. We'll just do a regular episode, I guess. You know, know, we did nothing special. We did nothing special at 200 episodes either. I think special things just come along a little more naturally. Like, we just have some really good idea to do kind of a special episode and then do it. And it doesn't necessarily happen to lie on exactly 100 episodes. So I, I kind of doubt, just knowing my personality, that I'll do anything big and crazy and special on the 10 year, but maybe at some point during that year, I'll find something celebratory to do. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, not space is approaching a hundred episodes and I'm like, I should do something. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's <laughs> okay. You know, I think it's special enough that you record an episode at all. Oh, oh thanks man. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's just cause it takes a bunch of work and it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not like people are waiting with bated breath or what are they going to do for their hundredth episode? They're like, no, they like the show cause they like the show. Right. Yeah. Do the show. Yeah, I like doing the show. So that's why I felt I we stopped for a while and I just felt like uh something's missing that I like to do 
Oh wait, yes. it's that podcast. I should, I should go back to do that podcast because I did it. Because uh, there, there was a gaping void in your life. Yeah, it's like yeah, I to, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I was just thinking about hundred episodes because I because like we used to do uh, in the year celebrations and oh, we still did. We yeah. did it with Sam Camp a while back. So uh, nice. But, uh, yeah. Then you, I wouldn't. Back in the day, if you have an idea, go for it. Yes. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't stop anybody from doing it. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I do also like the idea. Of just hey, if you have an idea, just do it. And I also like the idea of uh, you mentioned it in the blog post about uh, just do the work uh, with that movie. Mm-hmm. It's amazing if you just sit down and uh, I forget what it's called. It's like oh, home, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Home movies. Home so it's like a different. There's yeah. home. It's there's home movies, which is yeah. that like Adult Swim for, yeah. with Brendan Small and stuff, which is very funny. It's not that. No, it's not that at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was like this movie that um, I still like it. I, I actually it's been too long since I've seen it because I like to watch it like at least once a year. But it's called Home Movie, not plural. Yeah. That was like some dude. I think he might have even been from Wisconsin. Anyway, he like uh, I think he was shooting commercials for Lowe's. Being like you, any type of person can shop at Lowe's, kind of thing. I mean, that wasn't quite the slogan, but I think that was like basically the gist of it. So the the concept for the series of TV ads was going to be like, go find people that live in super weird houses, get them being weird on camera, and then be like, even they can shop at Lowe's, you know, kind of thing. But then he, you know, he so he shot those commercials, and they're probably pretty good. But he's like, dude, I got B roll for days. I'm going to make a documentary out of it. And that's what the documentary is, is like more from these, from these weird people. And boy, are they weird, but some of them are great. And so that particular line was from this like dude who lives in this swamp, like on a literally a houseboat in Louisiana. And he just, he was, a, he was a hick, you know, like he probably like wouldn't be most of our buddies probably. Cause just a little too, you know, I don't know. Maybe he would be, I don't, I don't mean to judge like that, but he's, but he was also full of like weird swamp wisdom. So like every <laughs> word out of his mouth was like a, a swamp metaphor for life. That was pretty good. Man. Yeah. And uh, one, you know, one of the things is like, Hey, you'd be impressed. Uh, with how much you get done if you just sit down and do it, right? And just like just sit down and do it, right? That was a yeah. long way around to get to that quote, but that is the <laughs> quote. You'd be surprised how much you do in a day if you just sit and you do it. And in this case, it was making little novelty alligator heads, which the world needs. So, which is it's it's a metaphor <laughs> for websites. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and it, it it goes like um, you know I've written so many books, but like this is, when I write a book, sometimes I get the shell shock to like. Like, oh, no, I can't do this. You know, this is just so much work to get done. And I was talking to Matt Griffin about his documentary uh, that's yeah. coming out. And, and a long how, time too, right? I'm sure. It's been a lot of time coming. And, like, and he even, I think it was on this show, up on the show, uh, on this past episode. Uh, yeah, she said, like, oh, yeah, I got, like, just, what the hell am I doing? I'm not sure. I'm over my head. And mm-hmm. and uh, and then he just, you know, you know, then it comes back just, just down and, and start doing it. And uh, slowly it'll come together. So. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there. Just don't give, okay. don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about the process for you for you writing this book, because uh, we talked about the WordPress book. But like, how is the process for for this book, which is a thinner book? It's it's just a little thinner. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the that's but, but, the, like the mantra over there at a book apart is like they don't publish right, yeah. big volumes, you know. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And I don't, uh, it's funny because you don't set out to like write a thin book necessarily, but it just. I don't know, maybe it's just their brand or whatever. Like when you when you start saying what you have to say, it usually kind of just comes out that way. Yeah. 
So the process was kind of like, I, I think I was just walking down the street one day at some speaker dinner-y thing. You know how it goes as a person who's attended many, many, many of those. And it was, and Ethan Marcotte was there and Ethan was talking to somebody else, I think. And I was just overhearing it. And, and somebody else was like, oh, Ethan, your book's so great. I want to write a book too. And Ethan's advice was so good. It was like, you know, you should start with an article. You should just write down your thought as like a blog post or maybe many blog posts or whatever. And then maybe like if that feels right, if it feels like, wow, I said a lot there, but I have more to say or I could say it bigger or I could say it differently. Maybe that turns into a conference talk. And, you know, I know not every single person in the world gets invited to conferences, but you certainly you can apply to be at conferences. That's how the conferences you run work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's lots of ones out there. There's certainly uh, events that you can just show up at and speak. You know, there's there's ways to give presentations. Maybe that article or series of articles can turn into a presentation because that starts to like, now it's not just like publish. It's like, I'm going to really cohesivize these thoughts and kind of like tell a story because I'm asking people to sit and listen to me for like an extended period of time. That starts making it feel more real. Like now this is really a thought and it's like my thought and it's like, I'm going to present it how I present it. Uh, and then that's so that's what happened to me. It was like I would write an article about SVG, and then it, you know at this point I've written like seventy, you know. So it's like I have this bulk of material about SVG, and I've been giving talks on it, and not just one, but two or three different talks that have evolved and stuff. And so when it came time to like just through my relationships and knowing the book apart people and having that be like definitely a big life goal checkbox is to work with them on a project like this. Mm-hmm. I already had it. I didn't have it done, but I had a lot of it there. I had like a lot of source material to draw from. So I can be like, how can I basically turn this talk into a, like a bo- the, the book structure? Right. Uh, and, and I was able to do that. I mean, it took a hot while, but you know, yeah, yeah it's I mean, not just like you sit down and write, you know, you were not like Stephen King or whatever. You know? <laughs> Man, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. So uh, that'd be great to do a horror book about web design, but, uh, <laughs> but I think that's the 1990s, but uh, it was like, yeah. So like, I mean, uh, I mean, a book part is short books, but they, you know, like Zoman even said like, the idea is like if you hop on a plane, yeah, you know, from one coast to another. By the time People you're done, really latched onto that because you know yeah. my girlfriend Miranda was talking today because we're both we're both like, what can we do to uh, promote the book? She's very like, let's sell some books. I'm like, I agree. I'm not very good <laughs> at marketing, but you know, maybe you yeah. can push me and stuff. And she latched onto that very much too. Is that uh, the plane thing? Yeah, like it's they're they're plane books, a four hour flight, and, and you can get it done. So. I think yeah. it, it helps them as a brand to push that and it helps individual authors as well to 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 be like this my book, mine, the one that I wrote for you can be read on a plane. Right. Yeah. And and so it's it's tough, like because uh, we do uh conferences throughout the whole year on some of this stuff. And just like things has changed so much that it's hard to grok and sit down and like, oh, there's this new concept. I have to like uh, SVGs and it's not as easy as like say, you know, inserting SVG and then everything works wonderful. Uh, you know, hopefully it does, but that'd be great. But that sometimes there's browser inconsistencies you have to be aware of. And oh, yeah. if you want to put it in, in the background image and what you need to do. And so, uh, for, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's world of SVG made for a good topic because I could, yeah. the way I approached it was like, yes, there is all those things. And all those things that you just mentioned are in this book too. But yeah. that, I mean, as we're like front end developer designer types, and that's who the book is for. It's for that kind of like, what can you really do really practically? Mm-hmm. Um, with like, w- like I just make websites. How, what can SVG do for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's the that's the approach it takes because there's many other ways into SVG. There's like I want to leverage this technology because I work for like a financial institution and we really need to like present tons of charts and graphs to our users and that just seems to be what we need. You know, there's there's backend people that like dig into the, the SVG thing as well. There's also just like artists that use it because it's a it's it's a format for that. I mean, it was kind of born of the web, but it's kind of. A, it's actually an archival format or that's how the the working group thinks of it i think because it's like it's a format that nobody like really owns it's like this open source format so like let's give it to the world so that they can store data in it that will like persist through time there's not this corporation that owns it that they can just be like that shut down or nobody cares about anymore nobody builds software around anymore that's the beauty of this open standard thing is that the data will will live through time yeah yeah and that's it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's I mean, I remember SVGs when they were trying to make a push for uh, when Adobe was trying to make a push for it in 2001, and uh, you had to have a plug in for your browser to make it work and all that stuff. And so I was just like, Yeah, it's great, except you know, it's not no yeah. one's gonna be using it. So, but uh, I barely but, even lived through those days, but but that didn't help the cause because you still have that memory. And yeah. then there was like another period of time where like the only way to get it on your page really was like the object tag mm-hmm. or like an embed tag or something, you know? And then it was like, oh, that's what you think of an SVG. And you might think in the back of your head, cool, look at the cool stuff it can do with it. I like that, but I don't, I don't use it in my work. That's not how I roll. I don't, I don't build websites with the object tag kind of thing. And then <laughs> only... <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. It took a hot minute. It wasn't right away when you could just use it in the IMG tag, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 then once you like learn that, you're like, oh, really? It's just like a JPEG, and it's like it's not just like a JPEG, but it's kind of just right. like a, you, if you want to use SVG just like you've used JPEGs, you can do that, and right. even that's empowering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well. I think the whole image tag is empowering, and once you once you hooked up the SVG to it, it's just like okay. We're ready to go, and then yeah. then you have the problem with responsible design, which is a crazy thing to, to solve for. So then you're at the level of like, okay, when do I reach for it or not? Like, when is it appropriate and when isn't it? And even that is could be, it almost could be a whole conference talk because mm-hmm. there's this like definitely yes territory, you know, like a Mickey Mouse logo or whatever, or like or you know. The, the Facebook F. Yes, that should be SVG. It will all it would almost always win over a GIF or a JPEG or PNG or whatever. Because it's just it's just a more efficient way to draw that shape. And then there's like the definitely no territory. Like if we take a screenshot of us in Google Hangouts, there's no way that will ever be SVG. It's just not that. It's not, it's a raster thing. So there's that definitely yes and definitely no. And then like a massive swath of maybe territory in the middle, which yeah. like the more you are around web graphics and graphics in general, the more obvious, like this, the narrower that gray area gets in the middle, but it still stays relatively wide. So that it's, right. it's, it's, it's kind of tough. So, Well, one thing I liked uh, in your book and uh, is the overlapping of image formats. Like you use SVG sprite for one thing and then you can use a, a raster image uh, for another thing. So like masking and, Oh, yeah. That's kind of falls into like the super cool tricks category of SVG. But yeah, I forget who the original author. There was a really compelling blog post that went out on that subject, which was that. So we know that like there's PNG, like 32 bit pings or whatever that have alpha transparency on them. That is like 
really nice. That's like the good kind of transparency in PNG. It's just that it's very heavy. And then there's like the GIF kind of transparency that like has that crappy like raspberry edge on the outside. Yeah, yeah that's like no fun. <laughs> uh, but hey, you man, can like, yeah. you say that, but I actually lived through a time where we didn't have that. I was, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big dinosaur, I guess. So. So, yeah. uh, it does works plenty good sometimes, and and that smaller right. size format is the right tool. So there's no you know there's no wrong answer to image formats usually. Right. You know everything has a job, but right. it's like sometimes you kind of want like JPEG quality compression because JPEG is just totally better at photographic stuff in a lot of cases than any other format. I mean I don't even know that much about WebP and all that stuff, but we I think a lot of us out there are aware that JPEGs are like pretty good at being JPEGs. Mm-hmm. But let's say you want a really nice, crisp, clear mask around it. Not like PNG 8s or GIFs or whatever, like a good mask. Uh, you can do that because the SVG image format allows you to put like other stuff in it. So SVG isn't just vector points drawing shapes. It, it, that's a lot of it. But you can put real web text in there if you want. You can have anchor links. You can have JavaScript in there. Uh, and you can have like images in there. You can have literally a raster image just sitting placed somewhere in an SVG document. It's just an object just like a rectangle or a polygon or anything else. It's like, JPEG goes here. That means once it's in that world, then you can apply an SVG mask around it. And then the file size ends up being just as you'd expect. So I think in the blog post, it was like a can of beer and the beer needed to be clipped out. So it was like a JPEG of a can of beer with a really nice vector mask around it. And you got the best of both worlds. It's a really small file uh, of a really nice can of beer with a really nice mask around the outside. It was like a best of both worlds thing. So I know that that blows a lot of mind. That's a good like conference slide. People are yeah. like, oh, I can do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so the benefits are like you, you get a great looking can of beer and yeah. then you can have a nice like asymmetrical background, you know, with multiple colors or whatever. But I think, I think right. the example was like nice smoky or spotlight background. And so, so I was able to do that. And then also you just yeah. swap out the can of beer for any other flavor of beer that you wanted to. So it's right. So you use the same you mask. You want inside and outside of that mask. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty sweet. So, yeah. And, um, what I also love the best trick, one of the best tricks I love about SVGs is the responsive logo trick. Because you talked about the F, no Facebook F and uh, some of that too, but I just I love the. There needs the to be example. more of that. Yeah, so that's a good one. But I think if you go and this is not like a knock on whoever did that because they did an amazing job of of demonstrating that concept. Yeah. I th- look at it how it was constructed though. It's basically just like four individual logos all done in SVG that just hide and show based on how the size of things are, which is fine. But it's like we could do that with JPEGs. Because you're mm-hmm. just hiding and showing different versions of the same exact thing. The beauty of doing it in SVG is that you could have like the D in the Disney logo with Isney and then just hide just the Isney. So the D is the same D. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it's reusing parts of itself, yeah. uh, which I think is compelling. And then you can take parts of itself and make it bigger relative to another part or shift Isney down below or, you know, rotate the D or whatever. Those are all bad examples. But, like, the beauty of responsive <laughs> logos or responsive SVG at all is that you're using one version of it 
And then like thinking of like how you design a website where pieces shift around and responsive design with media queries and stuff, right. do that in SVG as well. Just move the parts of the SVG around. It's not just hiding an entire chunk and displaying another new chunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, I, that's, I think it's amazing. And so it's, uh, and that way, that, that way your logo can just breathe in any like size that right. you're designed. And so it's just going forward. It's pretty awesome. Um, one thing I, uh, I didn't quite grok too well, and it's probably just me, but the, uh, the fallback that you had yeah. with the picture element and you dropped the source, like you didn't use the uh, source attribute in there. Was, and there was a, huh, interesting. I'm, not, I'm not sure if you remember that or not. I'm not pretty much, I don't know. I don't want to be a gotcha no, question. I think, I, I think I do remember it. Um, yeah. And I think that applies to beyond the SVG land as, as well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think that the it's not it's probably not recommendable in general to drop the source because that is like then it's dependent on a particular browser supporting all this new yeah. picture stuff or a polyfill right. being there. Because if neither of those things were there, you the user would get nothing, which would be a problem. Mm. The danger right. is that like if if you leave the source there, you're in danger of a double download situation. Oh, okay. so you don't get the you don't get as much benefit out of out of doing of doing all this work to begin with, the, okay. which may not be true anymore. So I don't have all this locked up and loaded in my mind. I guess I should reread my own book. In this oh case. no, no, I mean, like trust me, it makes me feel good that you said that because because yeah. after writing the Cisco book, I have all yeah. this stuff in my head and I just forget it. I just forget so right. much stuff. But like, hey, you know that thing, Chris? Like, literally, I have to go look at my book. I, it's been, I have, I, need yeah. to know. I have no idea. The reason why I wrote, wrote the books is that I wouldn't have to remember it all. That's why. Yeah, so, sure. That works. I'm sure we all reference our own stuff all the time. And yeah. me more than anybody, I think. Yeah. The, I, what, what, what's funny now is I've been, you know, just today I was looking at and using some responsive images for, for something, uh, including the source set tag on some stuff. And things have been moving so fast in that regard that I, I often just use it without even thinking about it already. Oh, I mean, wow. it was, this is such a new thing in our world, relatively, uh, and it's how traditionally how slow web design stuff has gone that we would be probably in polyfill land for years. And, but, you know, I think things are moving so fast now. I'm just like, oh, yeah, source set, blah, 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 and, and just ship it, knowing that if you got the source tag there, like you mentioned, it'll work in whatever browser. And there's a fairly wide swath of browsers out there now that will digest and use that source set stuff without you doing anything at all. It doesn't need a polyfill. You uh, you put the polyfill in if you want like, you know, the whole every browser in the universe to support it, but I'm yeah. lazy. I'm already like, <laughs> ah, just use it. Uh, Screw the polyfill. Yeah, it's it's uh, just, you know, as I've I complained already how old I am, but and what design years. But uh but yeah, I just feel like uh, a lot of the develop we have a lot of designers who are now engineers or browser vendor uh, you know, work for browser vendors now. Just uh, hear what's going on and actually are actively, proactively making yeah, fixes. And it's been going on that for pool is working a little better these days. Yeah, the cycle is just the time is just reduced a lot. Uh, my only big fear, my big fear about that is that they make a change to a problem that's not really a problem. It's just people complaining too much about a problem until yeah. they put a fix in and stuff like that. And uh, and my kind of this is not, I know people are going to listen to this and say, whatever, Chris. But <laughs> but the thing is, is like, uh, there, there used to be a t- an attribute called, um, what's it called? Low source for images, right? Mm. And so you'd be able to put like, hey, 
image source equals you know fun times image dot you know dot gif or whatever, and then you can just put like a uh, like a two bit gif for low source, and so the browser would start loading the low source version of the image and then start re- then overlaying the the new image as it as it got in, and that was great because the, we had we were dealing with uh, baud modems, you know, we weren't dealing with right, yeah, and so it'd be great for that. Then once we started getting off. Bob modems are getting to uh, you know DSL yeah. and faster. Uh, it became kind of like useless in terms of not useless, but it was more just like, dangerous because it's yet another thing. To, it's another HTTP mm-hmm. request or whatever. Right, and so but you know then you're dealing with um, fallback images and so like that, and you want to swap out an image. You know it was like hey, I like never like hey, I remember this. I remember this tag. What was attribute? Where, where did it go? Like oh, we we don't use it anymore because it's no one we don't really need it anymore. It's like oh, yeah. but. But we still have this issue of low bandwidth, you know, that we need and like different. That's a real issue that we have to deal with. And so, um, because I, I was on a vacation where um, I didn't have access to cell tower or Wi-Fi, uh, but only for brief moments. And so, and I had to buy this outrageously expensive uh, wireless plan because it was like worse than hotel Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And uh, and literally, I was like. I would have to be watching what web pages I would load because they would have like these huge mammoth images. And I just, I, th- I think I, I sat down. I, had, I had, This is a blog post I've been doing, right? Just how expensive that web page I downloaded was in terms of uh, that plan I had. I was like, it was like only a gig plan for like, I don't know, like 100 bucks or something like that. It was just like, yeah. It was like outrageous. I so think I like, there's oh. a, isn't there a Tim Cadillac project that's like, what, what, what? What does my site cost? That's what it is. And you put in uh, a site yeah. URL, and it tells you like how much it would cost to load that page based on plans in different countries or whatever. Yeah, and right. it's, it can be yeah. quite wild. And then you multiply by the number of people you get from that country. Then you know, like, then that's uh, you know, how many people have you saved? You know, <laughs> yeah. If you actually reduce your image sizes and some of that too. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many things in there. I looked at a just literally today, a couple hours ago. I published a blog post on CSS tricks. So somebody sent me in a some cool technique or whatever. They look at my website. This is where I used the technique, and I was like, yeah, that technique is, uh, is. It's cool, you know, but I was like, actually, when I went to your website, because all they did was send me the link to their website to go investigate myself, which means I got to pop open dev tools and find what you're talking about and see it. I was like, I'm actually going to publish a blog post that's like all of the stuff that's going through my head when I look at your site. Like, uh, like what do I like? I want to look at. I want to look at what you showed me, but I'm also like, oh, I wonder if they gzipped their CSS or like, ooh, an SVG icon system, cool. Oh, how'd they do this little part over here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of wrote all that stuff, and I saw that um, they just didn't have uh, they didn't have gzip on, or they didn't set expires headers on the mm-hmm. on the graphics. So it was a very graphics heavy site, and that's a big. So you're talking about this plan where you paid all this money, and then what if you accidentally hit refresh? Well, oh on God. this site, they didn't have. Like normally, that would cost you no money because right. they're already cached images in that browser. So it'd just be like, oh, fine, I already have this thing in memory. But they've specifically not set that header to do that. So you'd have to download these four megabytes of images again and double what you pay mm-hmm. in bandwidth. So what's what's the header for? Just again, explain that. For- a header. It's just like I, I I can barely explain it, but it's it's one of those <laughs> things where like if you're if you're like if you're like old school and using really normal stack in which it's like an Apache server or whatever, mm-hmm. there's like 
this there's multiple ways to do this i'm sure but the the typical ways you have this like ht access file at the root of your directory and it like allows you to set headers for files so like when you download css it not only downloads the the, the css but it downloads this like chunk of like metadata that like is like tells the browser other stuff about it. Like, when was this last file last updated? And there's one of those headers that you can set that says, hey, browser, hold on to this thing for like a year. So like, even if this website requests it again, just be like, I don't even want it. Don't download it again. I already have a copy of it here sitting in my cache. You can just set that as a little like, you know, piece of information that comes with that file. I'm sure you know that. That was my best, my best <laughs> attempt at explaining. No, no, that, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah, but uh, how, that saves you bandwidth, and not only bandwidth, yeah. it's fast. That's the real advantage. It's like bandwidth savings is great, but the speed is where it's at. You know. Right. Yeah, one of my things I want to write my my thin book, you know, is a yeah. uh, uh, designing for hotel Wi-Fi would be the title of the book. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that would be good. That is the perfect like buy me book title thing. Yeah. For, I yeah. bet that would sell a lot of copies. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's just not be, enough books on performance to be fair. Yeah, I just yeah, there should, there should be a lot more, I mean, and it, it would just be filled with tips that a front end person could could use and then and do right now. They wouldn't have to go to a programmer per se. Yeah. Like they were just like, okay, this is what you need to do, and this is why you need to do it. And then uh, there probably some doodles in the back. I don't know. I don't know. I've had some, you know, I, I think about it a lot. Usually my performance work comes in like sprints where I'm like, I get the site looking really good and I use all the performance tools and stuff. And then I just like leave it alone for like six months and like bad stuff just happens because it just like, will, you know, like you'll screw around with some front end stuff or use some new service or blah, blah, blah. And eventually like, oh, there's a bunch of weird JavaScript loading in the wrong place and there's files that aren't concatenated and oh, I forgot to optimize it. And then you, then six months and then you're like, I'm going to do a little performance sprint on it, get it back to good and go. And I don't know if that's good or bad. That's just like life, you know. I think in reality, you should probably be more on top of those things yeah. uh, over and over. But, but I don't know. Yeah, there needs to be more. There's there's a Laura Hogan book for sure and, a, and another book apart book. But there's just, I think there's every other book published should be about it. It's that important. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's just make it, make it fast. So it's blink of an eye. I mean, I just, oh, man. Oh, and I should tell you this. My story mm-hmm. is that, uh, we had an electrician come to our house, mm-hmm. and um, uh, just because you know of it's an old house, so we had to get some wiring um, fixed. And so, what happened is that he actually was near our Google Fiber installation, mm-hmm. and so oh, when that's they right, were you're done, right? So you yeah, get, you get the smoking internet. Yeah, but uh, but I will let me back off. The note, let me tangent tangent, and I'll get back to my original thing. Is that even with Google Fiber? I could I can now tell which sites are slow because mm-hmm. it because even with Google Fiber if it takes forever to download like they're not performance enough like whereas before on like cable modem I wouldn't I wouldn't know because it's just like oh everything's slow yeah. kind of oh, I don't know I it's 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 even uh, it's amplified more I guess if it's site's really slow because I was like this should be opening up in a blink of an right. eye if, if the site's like, fast it's fast and if it's slow you're like oh that's yeah. on you it ain't on me that's <laughs> on you yeah 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 which is a really big surprise I had I didn't, I didn't expect that type of uh, things to happen but anyway so uh, back back mm-hmm. step like, so it, it knocked it off and so I was stuck with my five for like five days and uh, uh, just it was terrible man it was absolutely <laughs> terrible <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever. And so I was like, hey, Chris, you want to download this update to your software that you need? Like, no, I don't need that right now. I don't I can wait. 
two more days or three more days. There's so, this, uh, there's yeah, this so. new thing that's been going through my head about performance, about how there's kind of this, I, I don't know, maybe it was a phase or whatever. I think it was a Steve Sauter's quote about um, eight, being, you know, using the 80-20 rule, which is like applicable to a million things in the world. But one of them is that 80% of performance is on the front end because it's like if you look like your average network waterfall chart, which starts out with like the request for like the HTML from the document or from the server, and then it gets that. That's all that like the server is like kind of done at that point. Not done because it's still got to serve some assets and stuff, but it's kind of done the hard part. And then the rest of the network waterfall is like how many resources are coming down and how the browser is deciding to deal with them and lay them out and stuff. Stuff that the front end has a lot to do with. Uh, so he's like, you know, when you're working with the performance of a site, so much of that work is for us or is for us front end people. And I like that, but I'm starting to like. Shh, think it's more like 50-50 these days. I'm shifting the <laughs> tide back to, to the server too because it's like I, I, I've been, I, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm all over the front end stuff. Like I like it's not that I never make mistakes. I make plenty of mistakes, but I know the formula for front end speed. It's like use SVG. <laughs> that's that's lower down on the list. But it's like set the expires headers and concatenate your assets and compress them and just serve as little as you can as fast as possible. Use a CDN. You know, like I'm all over the basic techniques. And sometimes sites are still slow, and that's the server being slow. You can look at that time to first byte, and I notice this more and more on sites that like you know you just use like you know you just threw up WordPress on some some cheap host or whatever, and your time to first byte is like two seconds. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And that's going to make your site feel slow. And you sure with Google Fiber probably feel that more than anyway because you can't make anybody else's server more fast. Like yeah. CDNs and stuff you are, are smoking fast. But if your time to first byte is still two seconds, it's because the tr- server literally took two seconds to spit that out, that's where you're at. So like getting that time to first byte super fast, like I just loaded CSS Tricks 7 working on that. It was 108 milliseconds. That's smoking fast. That's so fast. If you have that under, you know, that's why I think it's more like 50-50. Because if you can get that to the browser really fast, then it can start doing its front-end stuff more fast and it just feels more fast overall. 50-50, yeah. I say. And another, another topic, because it's, your SVGs can do so much. So, mm-hmm. so much in your, in your book. Uh, let's just plug it right now. Uh, Practical SVG by Book Apart. So if people are listening, go Thank go you. Grab Please it. buy it. You can, you can, uh, you can read it in all of the formats that mobile, you know, like you can read it in EPUB or on your Kindle or in iBooks, all those places. So. Yes. And then uh, I think they have a PDF version as well, too. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, animation for SVGs, what do you recommend? Because you, you list three in the, in the book and, and you say like they all have their pluses and minuses. Which one yeah, certainly. you recommend I mean, or why or... I think people, a lot of front-end designer developers like us, I think, probably reach for CSS first, and I don't think that that should change necessarily with SVG. It's kind of like you're using, uh, I don't know, don't think of SVG elements as all that different from divs and spans and all that stuff. They're just rectangles and polygons and stuff. So if the animation entails you moving one from the left to right and changing its opacity, use CSS, you know? 
Uh, although I think, you know, it's either Sarah Drasner or Valhad or somebody, you know, that's like really well into this kind of said that it's, th- there's a few like moments in which you um, like, are like, okay, this is complicated enough. I have to switch over. And it's, I think like chaining is a part of it. Like as soon as you have like, like maybe not just two, but as soon as there's three things where it's like this animates, then this animates, then this animates, and it's based on their start and end times and stuff. That's started to get to the level of complication that you probably need like a syntax that's going to help you with that. And the CSS syntax does not help you with that. Mm-hmm. Not really. Because you have to make a keyframe animation or a transition that has 750 milliseconds. And then you just need to know that or set a SAS variable or something, and then have the other one have a delay that's that same amount of second. But then you want the third one to start halfway through the middle one. So that's the first animation duration plus the second divided by two plus... And it's like CSS has no helpers for that. And there's JavaScript libraries. Like the most common one that people talk about is the Greensock library, which high five, I think it's an amazing one, um, has really nice syntax for all that stuff. So it's like, I don't know, and, and then as soon as you've added that to the package, mm-hmm. now it unlocks every other thing that that library can do, which is like, you know, it'll blow your mind what that library can do. So it's kind of like if you're in simple territory, I think CSS is great. And you know when that's the case. It's right. like slide down, move, change color, blah, really simple stuff. I want the button to have a transition so it goes meh when you roll over. It's just really kind of nice. That's obvious CSS stuff. Right. As soon as you're flipping and flying stuff around, that's JavaScript territory. Probably green sock, just because you know, I've, you, we, at this point we've seen animation libraries come and go yeah. and just as, you know, as old timers like this, I, I always appreciate the libraries that are like always there and the mm-hmm. same team works on them and they have a business model and they have conviction and they're just like around for the long haul. That's kind of what I feel about Greensock. And any other libraries, great. You can, you, you can slowly earn it just like they have. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, cause we had a CSS summit and, uh, someone from Greensock, um, present and what, and that is, uh, because, uh, cause it was through Sarah Dresner, mm-hmm. but it's also Greensock. The first time I heard about the Greensock was at CSS DevConf last year which is like crazy that that was the first time i ever heard of it but uh yeah because they are old because you'd think if some if anybody out there is from flash that the original green sock was a flash product thing and oh, they, wow. just, they kind of i think i don't know if it was reluctantly or not but they're just like <laughs> well flash is over so i guess let's remake this tool that we used to do for flash and, and i apologize if i to anybody from green sock if i got this wrong but i think that's basically what it was and then and they just kind of adjust their technology to work for, for the new stuff and and thankfully they do but here's a big one you know like the there is a because we're talking about animation and svg there's a whole spec it's like kind of even separate from svg called uh, smile they call it smil which is like integrated multimedia blah 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 language right it was cool-ish, but it was a way to like, just like SVG is declarative, they call it, which means if I'm going to draw a rectangle, I'm going to draw it like, it looks like HTML or, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm just like writing down how I want this thing to behave. It's not like gibberish characters like JPEG or whatever. That's just some weird, it's like, I am declaring this rectangle to be this wide and this tall or whatever. It was a declarative way to handle animations too. It was the same. It was angle brackets and all that stuff. Like I'm, this is an animate element. It applies to this element. It has a duration of this long. These are the attributes I wish to, to 
uh, animate. This is the new value I wish to animate too, is a declarative way to say, this is an animation and this is what I'm all about. It was part of the SVG syntax. And it had some cool abilities. Like it was the first thing that you could draw. You could draw like a path in SVG of like, imagine like a little roller coaster shape. And you could put a circle on that path. And then through that syntax, be like, you circle, I want you to follow the, 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 that roller coaster path. And it would go, ooh, and it would do that. There's no way to do that in CSS. I mean, yeah. there only is now in the last like few months, they have this new thing called motion path and it just copies what that did. Yeah. Actually. So it's yeah. like, if you wanted to like animate a little paper airplane flying around your site, there was, that was the only way to do it. And I'm, I'm talking about it in this weird tone because it's like kind of gone now. It was this thing that like browser vendors had like felt very weird about, i.e. never liked it. So they just have never touched it. It's never been in uh, any, i.e. anything. And you know, between me and you, like when IE just says no to something, that is enough market share that it generally just doesn't get legs, you know? Yeah. Like to this day, you can't even mention the word Flexbox without somebody posting a blog comment, but like, but what about old IE, you know? <laughs> IE's on board now, but like you can't, you can never say anything because you always get that, that yeah. thing. So the smile just really n- didn't take super hold on anything, I think. And then Chrome's like, we're going to drop it too because it's weird and complicated. And we think that there's other technology that can step in Mm -hmm. uh, to handle that kind of stuff. And they might be right, but it's weird. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so that's like, I mentioned in the book, probably even too much because there are some interesting things it can do. But like, if if we're talking about animation and SVG, just don't learn it right now. I would say, just don't even look at it. It's irrelevant. (laughs) Just use JavaScript or CSS. Well, I mean, it is, it is, I think, something to know about just because uh, it has one feature that step up of, over Jeff or JPEG. Or, uh, yeah. So I think it's just nice. To, like, there was one that was really cool, which was like, take this shape and, and uh, it has a, like a polygon. Imagine a polygon. Zero, zero, ten, zero, fifteen, twenty-two. Wow, I've drawn a star out right. of points on a grid. And then you could say through an animate element change those points to these points. And it was very simple declarative way to do that. And the browser would interpolate the change between those shapes. And it was so cool. Like the day you learn of that, I can change a, a, a you know, a, 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 like a paw of a dog into an eight-pointed star and the browser just interpolates those points. It's, it was so cool. That's gone. Like that's a sucky thing to lose. But that was a cool place that um, Greensock stepped up they're just like oh we can write that too so that you'll well, nobody will ever lose it and not only that it'll work in any browser we'll just right. we'll port this to that and they, they do it really smooth and they did it with a beautiful syntax and and all that stuff so it like i, I don't think i don't miss anything from smile like it's <laughs> i don't care that it's gone and, and you know chrome says eh, you know the part of the beauty of us doing this is that you know, it's like a third of our code base or some crazy, you know, I'm sure it's not that much, but it's this massive thing. And I can kind of understand that, you know, right. although, you know, RIP, low source, RIP, <laughs> smile, <laughs> same thing, you know, it sucks to deprecate things. It's painful. Yeah, it is, but they, you know, what moves on, uh, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I just, I just felt like a big pain point where like, uh, when it's like, oh, we have a problem. Like, oh, no problem. We just go back and, uh, Use this thing that we don't use anymore. Oh wait, we don't use it because it's not here anymore. But, and I felt bad because like it, I didn't know we, we lost it. That's that's like the worst thing. Yeah, it's like oh I didn't know we we lost that guy. Uh, I didn't turn around. I wonder what's him. next on the chopping block. You know, you never know. You know, things things go. 
I can't imagine what it will be. Well, something, you know. You'll, we lost Blink and Marquee. We'll lose something else. <laughs> we will never use Blink as long as we can uh, recreate it with JavaScript and CSS. Yeah. So that's like, that, that was my, uh, my first time I wrote the first edition of CSS Cookbook. The one recipe I put in there was to recreate Blink. Yeah. Uh, because it's just like, just like, just to cheese people off. Like and then like, because some some review is like he has a thing about blink what an idiot and like oh no yeah thanks so, so like that not knowing I put it in there as a as a little as a, a little little fun thing but um but yeah so reviewers are great I love reviewers um oh and one one thing I'm interested in I'm probably talking about soon is uh, the flow based system of filters and so um so mm. we, I, we don't have to talk about it right now but uh, but for like. But I love the idea of applying filters, um, sort of stacking them. I guess is the way is that a good way of saying that, or no? I, I think so. I mean, I don't okay. think there's any limit uh, necessarily. Like even in CSS, you know, you can space separate the filters that you'd apply to something. So CSS has really like kind of yeah, I don't know for lack of a word, boring ones. You know, like you can grayscale something, or yeah. uh, you can apply a drop shadow, which is you know sometimes relevant because. Uh, the way that it applies shadows is slightly different than a box shadow or whatever. But there's like sepia tone one, which like nobody in the ever uses ever. You know, uh, but but you if you wanna if you wanna both drop shadow something and sepia tone something, you can do that. You just space separate them. But in SVG, you're, it's it's a more it's a more powerful situation, right? You can apply lots of different filters to lots of them. And and what and I think what you mean by flow is like I don't know, take the results of one and kind of pipe it to the next one, kind of thing. Is, yeah, well, like um, I think, I think uh, the, it was like Chris Lilly you mentioned, and you put it yeah. in your in your book. It's like, whereas like you can actually like um, have filters and kind of stack them, and then have the results. Um, at least it's the way I, I results yeah. apply to to the image at the end. So, so that way it's like using. Uh, I don't want to put too, too much words, but just basically, like, I have this thing. I want to turn it blue. Stack. I was like, you know, like sepia tone, and what you just said, yeah. sepia tone, drop shadow. And then turn it turn on the turbulence. Like okay, then I can apply this yeah. to a whole bunch of images at once, and um, and I have to worry about it. I think that it. stuff is sticking around. I don't think I think that's part of the SVG spec, not part of the Smile spec, which was the, which was the stuff we're dealing with clicks and all right. that. Like this is just like the core image stuff, and I think it's uncharted territory. Like like people play with it a little bit and they apply it to something interesting and it blows up. Like it's like the coolest thing anybody's ever seen. The the more recent example I can think of it is. David K something. Sorry, David, you're awesome. Made a um, dog on CodePen called uh, the, the CSS Husky. Just Google CSS Husky. It's so awesome. And it, it's just like some divs, essentially. It's like, you know, people do those CSS drawings, like put a blue circle over here and a, and a you know, rotate a triangle over here or whatever. And drew a dog. And the dog is cute in itself and then put some keyframe animation. So his head moves and his tongue sticks out and stuff. Hey, that's great. But what really made the effect is just these really subtle turbulence filters and SVG around the outside of each of the shapes just made the shapes just like wiggle just a tiny, tiny little bit. And I think looking at things on the web, just the way they are that like, when you see something like this, you're like, I have never seen anything quite like that it's really weird it looks like dr Katz, you know it looks yeah. like a really weird little subtle effect and it's like you know i think david's a ding genius for 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 thinking of this um but it's just scratching the surface of svg filters 
So like if anybody out there, you know, you should be the first on top of this, like just, I don't know, look up one and like think of a way to apply it to like, you know, everyday kind of stuff and, and people will jaw drop as they right. have for this. Yeah. Cool. Well, and then, um, that's, I mean, anything else you want to say about your book besides people buying it? Gross, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. We're still we're still in the very early days of selling the book, and um, I'm sure, as you know, when you when you produce and sell a book, that there's enormous amount of expenses that went into it, including the printing of it and all of the human beings that went involved with it for editing and, yep. and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm battling my way back to the point at which that it be it was actually a profitable thing to do. So I'm right. very much hoping to get to that point so that the you know the two years of poking away at it uh, were worth it. So don't buy it for that reason. Buy it because <laughs> I think it's a good book, but if that pushes you over the edge... I will say, like, is the first. Uh, I'm not sure I mentioned this earlier, but I think I mentioned when I was talking to um, another, to Simon earlier in the, two weeks ago. I think podcast is like, is the first tech book that I remember where it starts out saying, "Hey, everyone," and uh, <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I'm reading uh, this book, but I have Chris Coyer uh, speaking to me in my head, and I was just like, <laughs> I've never had a book, a tech book, start with that. Say, "Hey, everyone," but sound totally cool because it's like it's Chris Coyer. And he, he's got me covered. So he's. And then, I hope that it's kind of friendly that way. I actually didn't even think about that. It wasn't quite a direct choice, but it was a, a, like I've done what, 250 shop talk shows, 100 yeah. you know, code pen radios. I have 100 some CSS trick screencasts. <laughs> I have two, 300 video. Like there's a good chance that you've heard my <laughs> voice at some time in your yeah. life. So if I'm writing a book and there's a chance that you're buying it because you've heard my voice before, so I can talk to you in that same voice, I hope. Yeah, yeah it's a great voice. Because like, I mean, you do a great job of breaking things down and, and like SVG is, you know, it's simple yet complex at the same time. So a lot of ground to cover. So it's, it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. So, oh, Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Uh, any, and I love CodePen. And you said, you, you said earlier yeah. at the start, you're working on features you can't talk about. But um, but yeah, so yeah, just kind of keep keep your eyes peeled. You know, we've been we've been kind of dropping little features here and there. In fact, we just uh, I just pushed out. Uh, uh, Tim Holman worked on autocomplete for it. So if you're like, anim, what's that animation property? You can hit Control Space now, and it gives you that like you know like a lot of IDs have had this for a long time, but it like reminds you of what properties can be and stuff. That's a pretty good addition to CodePen, I think. And nice. I dropped some uh, like you can blog on CodePen too. You know, like mm-hmm. not a ton of people do it, but it's just a really nice. Um, I don't know if you just want to write and mark down really quick and drop a pen in there and you know and just have people. I don't know. It's just a, it's a blogging engine. You know, you know. I don't care what people use it for. It's just there because we built it, and I think it's cool. We finally have a, an image uploader in there now, which is like. People are so used to doing that in like GitHub or whatever. Just like I need an image in this issue, drag and drop. You got it. I put that in there just yesterday. So it's like, and we're just dropping little features like that because otherwise, our heads down on a on a on a big new thing. And All we've right. been talking about a little bit on the on the podcast. We're building it in React and Redux and just refactoring a lot of stuff. And it's been a brave new world. Cool. And then uh, I do want to mention that uh, you're going to be at CSS DevConf. Uh, Heck yes, yes, in San Antonio. Yes, and then uh, you're doing the uh, show and tell again. Is that right? So, 
Well, I'm sure we'll do that. And I just, you know, I'll be available for anything. I'll be available to talk about SVG. I'm always there for a pinch hitter, you know, in case somebody can't talk. I'll have a brand new talk ready. Maybe I'll give it uh, in in a in the in the lobby of a hotel room. Just to, but I'll just be around. You know, I've been to a lot of these. Maybe all of them. I can't Maybe. remember, but if not, I've only missed one or something because I, I love them. They're always at really cool yeah, places. You I think I have those because. Because it was yeah. Hawaii and yes. Stanley Hotel, yes, and yeah. New Orleans. That was one, wasn't it? And and this one, yeah, New Orleans. The, and this one, one's the fifth one, I think. This is the fifth one. So I missed one, uh, but they're all at really cool places. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of blanked out because I had altitude sickness for Colorado one, so I was out for most yeah. of that one. Let's not do it in a high place again. Let's go no. low. I'm under the no. sea. Let's under the sea. Let's. I'll think about it. Or sea level, sea level. Well, yeah, San Antonio is. Uh, we're on the River Walk, so yeah, I'm excited about the hotel. Y'all booked for it. It looks extremely nice, revamped. Looks beautiful. The photo they have of it right on the River Walk looks cool. I've never been to San Antonio, but it seems like kind of uh, has the touristy vibe that I'm looking for. Get me an elephant yeah. ear, see the Alamo, mm-hmm. deep in the heart of Texas. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I'm really happy for this hotel because this is the they just refurbished it. And if you, we've been in the Stanley Hotel, which is a classical hotel, we've been on you know, the Queen Mary. Oh, Queen Mary, yeah. Oh, Queen Mary, there it yeah, is. It's yeah. the fifth one. Yeah, it is the fifth one. Yeah, Queen Mary, which is you know a boat that's like built in the uh, 1930s. Yeah. 19, uh, and so, so we've so had our fun. first share of like ancient hotels. We need a <laughs> yes. modern hotel. Yeah. So this one, we have plenty of outlets in the rooms to charge things. I was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Yes, finally, we have a hotel we can charge things. I can't wait. And it's quite the lineup. Potentially the best lineup ever. Uh, every year is the best lineup ever. That's, That's right. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, thank you so much uh, for being here. How can people yep. find you on the internet? Yep. Um, I'm Chris Coyer on everything. Okay. On Twitter, GitHub, Ello, Instagram, Snapchat maybe. I don't know how you add people on Snapchat, but I've been occasionally I pointed at an object and click the thing and share it <laughs> my story. If you want to see like my patio sometimes, Snapchat's the place to be. But yeah, I'm sure there's a link in the show notes to the show to my book. That's the big thing mm-hmm. I have to say at the moment. And it is pretty cool. I, I tweeted that this is another cool reason to buy. You know when you like open Adobe Illustrator and there's like a rect- you've selected something and it's showing you the vector points around it? The vector points, it shows it to you, are in a very like, you know, a nice blue color. And that's the blue color that Jason Santa Maria picked for the cover of the book. So... It has a very direct connection to vector points. Oh, nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Sure. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. And San Antonio.